about that time, about that time, about that time, yeah, about that time. Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. And pick it up right where Kessler left off, it's Broome with the block. Auburn men, talking Auburn men's basketball. We missed you, the jungle is already in mid-season form. No feelings, no gimmicks. Just ball. Benny Johnson in transition. Now, here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. Yes, All right, guys, we're dancing and we're winning. We just won against Iowa, 83-75, eight-point victory. I've got my weird. We're now. 11 and 0 in first round games in March Madness. And we don't have a lot of great history in basketball, but that's a fun one right there. And I have my Red Mount vodka right here. And I decided I'm going to take a shot for every win we have in March Madness. I know that's not super ambitious, but hey, if we go on some sort of run, this pie can get real silly. But here's to this Auburn team. Glad we got a win in March Madness. Man, um, we, we did it. It's the I feel is this the most unbridled happiness you've had this year? Probably. It has Probably, to. yeah, yeah. We were talking before we we started recording that like I had fun watching this one. It got stressful. It got stressful. It shouldn't have gotten as stressful as it got. But overall, man, when we were going on that seventeen point streak or whatever it was that went up seventeen, I was having a good time and I was out at a bar and I was telling Matt too that this is so American. March Madness is some of the like the most camaraderie you get as an American. Like people around the world are not going to quite understand, but everybody you're at the bar with, everyone you walk down the street with, you can ask them who they have on their bracket, and everybody's got a, a say in it. And no one cares about Auburn up here necessarily, but hey, man, they might have them in the bracket and they're cheering with you because that's who they picked, and you get to have a good time with them. So it was super fun. Yeah, it's been a wild day. You know, Arizona lost to Princeton, which destroyed mine. I actually had Furman over Virginia. Furman, that was a crazy ending. Like, it's been a really good day of basketball, and Auburn got to be in it, got to play in Birmingham, and did a lot of really good things. They did a lot of frustrating things, to use Jackson's favorite term of the year. But ultimately, in a game that was a 50-50 coin flip toss-up game, I think we were more physical. I thought we controlled um, some important pieces of the game that we'll talk about. And the SEC also, we, I mean, we'll talk about Auburn only, but SEC is undefeated today um, and has looked pretty good in every game. So a shout out to, uh, I talked my, the people's ears off at the bar. I was, I was sat outside. My girlfriend was there, but she was working on some stuff for school. So I just like talked the ear off of the people next to me and shout out to the Nova fans that were next to me. They didn't have a team to cheer for, but we had fun cheering for Auburn. They said they'd listen to the podcast. So shout out, guys, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, man, we we it was fun. I don't know if you have an MVP that you feel good about. I mean, I was trying to think like near the end of the game if I felt one guy took over. You know, I think Ben's Ben's funny about how don't let the box score fool you on stuff. But sometimes I need the box score at the end. I really like look down and be like, oh yeah, they did do that. You know, Jonai Broom did have 19 points and five blocks and 12 rebounds. You got to remember that, you know. Yeah, um, I I think we have to start with Jonai Broom. I thought he was the best player on the floor for most of the game for Auburn, especially the way we played. We played a very inside-out game for the most part outside of a weird stretch in the second half. I thought he was really good defensively. Uh, I thought he kind of set the tone for how we wanted to play. 19 points, 12 rebounds. Just uh, He hit four of six at the line. He hit a three to kind of kick off our three-point stretch in the second half. He looked confident. He looked comfortable. He looked fine on this stage. 
Um, to, to me, the MVP discussion kind of starts with him. Uh, and then with a quick nod to Wendell Green, who for all the hard times he's had, maybe at the end of games, and he is a really good closer in the last four to five minutes. He's hitting his free. He's, he has a school record streak of free throws made right now, which is incredible that he kept making them. You know, the announcer jinx, he kept knocking them down, and he just took care of the ball um, really well down the stretch. And you you can take that for granted. And I just don't want people to take for granted how comfortable we were with the ball in the last two to three minutes. I know we've been bad at last possessions, but if you look bigger picture at the end, he really closed it out. But Broom was terrific. No, no winning games that we need to get a, a score. We need to hit a shot to win a game. That, those are tough with Wendell. Those have not happened. I don't think they should be on Wendell. I think we sh- we just don't have a guy on this team like a Samir Doughty or a Chumo Kiki or any of these star guys that or Jabari Smith like last year to go get those points when you need them. But closing games out, hitting free throws, staying somewhat, you know, keeping the game going, getting past the press, those kind of things Wendell has done very well with this year. Some other guys to talk about that are interesting. Uh, this guy, some of this comes down to expectations and like, playing above your expectations and like the difference maker for the game. I mean, you kind of expect Jernai to have a, a good game like this. Maybe not expect, expect, but Wendell Green, 15 points, you know, three of 10 from the field, one of five from three. Like you kind of expect that from Wendell at this point. And that maybe that's very high expectations. What you don't expect is three from three from three by Trey Donaldson. Those threes he hit were huge down that stretch. His like, we've had such issues with bench points that when Trey Donaldson does that, Man, 11 points. That might be the highest he's had all year. Hit three threes. And then KD Johnson, too, played a great game or a very good game at times and hit some good shots, hit some good uh, layups, some good drives. Like those kind of that's what the real difference maker in this game was. Like if you look down the score line, the starters are kind of what you expected a bit. It's the bench that did better. And that's why we looked better this game and beat a decent team is because our bench played a lot better than usual. That's why we score 83, right? I mean, you know, we we've you know, if you've listened to this podcast all year, it's not a coincidence. You know, our, our strength is supposed to be our depth and our amount of options. We played 11 guys in an NCAA tournament game, um, most of which were pretty effective. And, and Trey and KD off the bench. How, how many times all year? We just, we just need some people to hit some shots. And it's great if it's guys who we're not counting on. And when Zep hits shots, it matters. I mean, KD hits shots, it matters. I, I think both Trey and KD deserve a ton of credit. Um Katie did. That's about as good as it gets for him uh, in terms of he didn't turn the ball over the whole game. thought he was really good defensively. I thought he played he he controlled the tempo. There was a time where he was on the floor with Trey and a lot of the backups. And he was the one finally after four possessions of us for no reason going fast and kind of falling, taking the bait that Iowa was trying to get us. Katie Johnson, of all people, is the one the adult in the room that settled us down got a couple of good looks. So he had his look, he, he wouldn't get back on defense and gave up, you know, the giveth and taketh thing, which we're just so Bill Raftery was dying on the telecast. He's like, clearly you have not watched this guy uh, because this is literally what when, happens all the time. When KD did his uh, front flip over a player, I was trying to explain to these people at the bar, what kind of player KD is. And when he did that, everyone at the bar was like, Oh no. And I was like, don't don't give him the sympathy he's trying to get from you right now. That's KD. KD does this 10 times a game every game, does something ridiculous, throws his body on the line, lays on the ground for a bit, and pops back up because he's a freak. 
and he's so muscular and athletic and that, but that's, he, he out jumps his own body. And, and when he does his, his drives, he does that at a terrible angle where he falls on the ground, but well, man, it's just looking up and down the whole, the lineup here. It's just a, a team effort here, you know, with 11 points from Jalen, 15 from Wendell, 10 from Flan again, you got 11 and 11 from KD and Trey. That's why I'm looking down. Listen, like I do think we're going to get it, give it to Joe Nye because he had 19 points, 12 rebounds, which is huge in five blocks. But it was it was a great team effort overall, and that, like you said, that's why we scored eighty three and played well overall. Yes, I, I don't think we've had a game all year with six guys in double figures. Maybe we have, but uh, getting guys to score the ball, the ball has been the hard thing all year. You know, KD is, has was shooting. Uh, somebody had a had a he's shooting fifty percent from three for the last like month. I mean, like it's not a freak thing that he's starting to hit some shots and. Uh, we don't trust it necessarily. I think you and I are on agreement that sometimes our offense, even today, right? Like some of those threes were hitting. Like, is, is it repeatable? Yeah, is it repeatable? Yeah. But but for a team that has struggled all year, it was really, really encouraging to just see, again, I think it was the first glimpse of Bruce Pearl coaching, right? Like Trey Donaldson was confident. Like Katie Johnson, for all his warts, is confident. And they came in and I think March Madness gives these kids this, this amazing stage to kind of create moments. Right. And yeah. I think our guys kind of came in and did that. You know, is it sustainable to shoot 36% from three for this team that has not done that all year? Well, Maybe not, but for six games in March Madness, you never know. You just get, you get hot at weird times. I'm not saying we're going to get hot, but it's not crazy to think we shoot above our heads in six games. But, but I want to be clear. You know, we're going to get a people. If you just kind of watch this game for a few minutes, you're going to say, man, Auburn just got so high. And we did. It was it was so encouraging to see us hit some threes, five threes in a row. I think we're we scored 15 straight points on threes like that hasn't happened all year. But we're shooting 38 percent from three for the last month in SEC play. We shot 36 today. Our season average of three point defense is like 26 or 27 percent. Iowa shot 26. So people are going to make this into a kind of a a weird three-point shooting thing. We did to Iowa what we've done to teams all year, and Auburn shot about what we've been shooting the last month or so. So I don't want you, I don't think we should, as Auburn fans, let anybody come to you and say, well, that was just so lucky. It was so fortunate. No, like this is exactly what we've been doing for a while. It's funny to see the narrative. I mean, these sports guys and these media, especially with March Madness, they got to find the narrative. The narrative they threw up during the game for the graphics was that we had a really hot start to the season and played really well, a tale of two seasons, as they said, and then showed how we fell apart down the stretch. And for us, we just kind of know how hard that stretch was with how bad the, or how good those teams were and how the schedule was a little easier in the front end. And then our narrative for ourselves, I think, is that we got through that tough stretch and actually kind of turned a corner a bit, was playing pretty well in those last couple of games. Like you said, shooting well from three in the last couple of games. So it's just funny. Like if we'd made our own narrative, that would be the narrative, but they, they saw that. And it's just sure. Big picture. Yeah. Down the stretch. That's how it was. But we, we see the micro part of the season there. Well, and what they don't tell you in that is who you played. Right. And we all yeah. knew looking at the schedule that the last half was going to be way harder. And, and then we just lost a bunch of close games. So encouraging to see us, you know, we got up 17 at one point and then we just did a lot of really bad things. Um, we we kind of felt we took the bait. I thought Iowa, it scared me a little bit because Iowa was so good at playing the time and score game. Like they were attacking really well in offense and not taking a ton of time off the clock. And then they were kind of baiting us with that press. And but we settled and in. The fouls. I think 
the fowls. fowls were a big thing because they did not have anywhere near as many fowls as us. I think we had like seven fouls to their two at one point. And so they got to really set up that out-of-bounds defense, and we struggled at times. They made the game really rough during mm-hmm. that stretch. I think by the time they started getting up to the one-and-one, one, that's when the thing started turning back our way a bit. It- well, I, 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 did we make it clear that Janai is probably the MVP? I think. Yeah, I'm about to say. I keep like wanting to interject that too. Like, all right, then we can go on. No, yeah, Janai Broom, congratulations, MVP. And, and, 19 and, points, five blocks, 12 rebounds. Just another game that we've just gotten used to how great he played. And on top of that, before I finish Janai, starting to hit those threes, he's starting to get really efficient with those threes. That is a game changer for a center like that that plays below the rim. You start hitting a couple of those, like two to a game or something. This guy is going to be first team SEC next year instead of second team. And, and some of the little things, he guarded guards really well. He reminded me of kind of Kessler a little bit. I mean, he's not Kessler, but like he he defended on the – we switched a ton of stuff on defense, and he got some tough matchups, and he's, he held up. How about two fouls in 31 minutes wow. on, on, in a game where – Come on, Jalen. Well, Jay, yeah. We'll, we'll, get to Jaylen. <laughs> well, how about that double block from Joe Nightbroom? brutal moment i literally said it out loud i was like man the highs and lows of sports we get this amazing double block from joe knight broom hit the block hit the block again yes ball goes out to the three line they hit a three <laughs> and i'm over here in my living room dying because johan is literally standing in the corner so confused that about what just happened with the double block that he just like lets a guy next to him it's their best player Get a three up, wide open. Johan's back and winning's back, baby. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe there's some karmic stuff going on with Johan, yeah. but man, was he bad. Um, Congratulations, Jonai. Where do you want to go next? I have, um, I know where I want to go next. Do you well, have one? Well, I just want to, I just want to finish that point. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really proud of how we settled in. They cut it to four with like five minutes left or four minutes. I mean, it was it was well within the mat system. If you've been listening to the pod of of the game was very much in question and then we settled down and and for Trey Trey was great he hit shots he didn't turn it over for his first big moment like terrific and Bruce said after the game he didn't look like a freshman out there he, McCormick style a little, little, little McCormick. shades McCormick yeah 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 for sure but but I will say the offense got out of control when he was on the floor and it was good plays that's what's hard we broke the press you have numbers and you want to push he gave it to Broom in kind of a spot in the lane that was probably a good look but you know maybe the, the time and score we just didn't we need just, it and we just didn't hit the shots if those shots go in we're like aha we blew well, them out you know but, but the shots don't go in and we start questioning no offense to leor but you know i don't want leor shooting with 24 on the on the yeah. shot clock up you know 13 killed me i was bragging on leor at the bar man talking about how this how cool it is this walk on jewish kid so rare at auburn all this stuff just in time for him to absolutely brick that open three. I couldn't believe it. The guys at the bar next to me were like, are you kidding? Well, and uh, so I, I just wanted to say, I, I respect, you know, this team's gotten a lot of grief for not finishing close games. This was the definition of a close game, as was the Tennessee game at home um, when it was like a one-point game at the last timeout. And we have finished those two. We didn't finish the Arkansas game, but we took the lead late. And we, I think we're playing better down the stretch than it feels like we are. And it was just a really nice performance because Iowa started getting hot and it, I mean, it got, I think it got more dicey there than people probably want to admit now that the game's over. It got pretty scary there. So I wanted to just give our guys credit for how they responded. Here's a stat or tidbit I really want to talk about. We joked about 
how Alabama, Tennessee, and Auburn are all like top 10 and three-point defense or even higher than that, I think top five even maybe. And so this this Iowa offense is supposed to be so great and amazing. And we hit one three in the first half, and they hit zero threes in the first half. So it's funny we're talking about all these threes that we hit and Trey hit and KD hit, but the first half was exactly how we were thinking we needed to play. A lot of in-the-paint stuff, holding them down this high-powered offense to zero threes. I thought that was impressive. We ultimately held them to 25% to our 36%. So I thought that was a huge stat, just that we held them down in the first half. By the way, uh, if if I ever get distracted, uh, Northern Kentucky is beating Houston halfway through the first half. So let's just no. It's early. It's early, but you know, let's just enjoy. Hey, they got that we... injured player. You know, no, he started. This, I, I don't even want to talk about because this would be so silly. <laughs> he started. Sasser started. Oh, he did. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, let's talk about this. Um, you know, Auburn shot forty six percent, thirty six from three, really good at the line, and only turned it over seven times. Now, a big chunk of that is because Iowa's defense is terrible. They are statistically awful. We talked about that on our preview. The more research I did, the more that came to be true. Um, and we burned them in so many ways. We burned them inside out. We burned them 26 to 8 in fast break points. Um, I just think we shouldn't lose track that we did a really, really good job of taking care of the ball. That That more than anything for this team – I feel like for us to win in advance, we just have to get shots up because we're not super efficient. We can't have empty possessions. And for the most part, we did that today. Really surprised that they actually beat us at bench points after how well we played from our bench. They just had this one guy. What's his name? Sad Fort. And they went for 21 points that really did. But like, it's just kind of crazy. They Their bench did well better than ours when we played so well from the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I mean, there's, uh, the, the block party, the Janai broom exclusive block party was all there. five, all five from broom yeah. and, you, and you felt them too. They were great. We, uh, we, 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 we battled them on the glass really well. You know, we lost by six. They were all six offensive rebounds. Um, you know, there were a few sequences that I, that more than anything, my thing with rebounding tonight was like, I just didn't think we grabbed and secured the ball. Well, I think there were a lot of helter skelter we just couldn't get our hand how many possessions did we make a great swipe at a ball or we got our hands on a deflection we just couldn't end up with the ball that, that's what it felt like to me watching we we created a lot of opportunities but we couldn't finish with a rebound and get our hands on the ball and keep it um so yeah you want to talk about Jalen Williams is two quick fouls to start the game ended up with 11 points and yeah. what did he have two rebounds man just feels like he should be collect, collecting more than that how many did Wendell it he, he tied Wendell in rebounds. Well, and yeah, if you're looking for a rebounding hero, it's Flanagan. Flanagan was great today. Um, when, yeah, double, uh, double, double, double from Flanagan. Good job. 10 to 10. Yeah, we probably should have mentioned him at least in the discussion. But um, Jalen, first foul is just a joke. It was a joke. I, I don't I don't know what it is about him. I love him so much. I don't. He attracts just horrific calls. It's It's driven Bruce crazy all year. And then the second one, Second one, I I personally think it's a it, it's a it's a uh, he he fouls and it's the right basketball play probably, but not when you already picked up a foul the last possession, and it, he is too valuable to this team uh, to to do that. I, I'm I was really impressed with how he he played well offensively when he didn't dribble. <laughs> the rest of the game he was awful inbounding he had a terrible decision for a senior that you can't do he uh cannot like 
he cannot put the ball on the floor. It's kind of like Jabari, but with less high-end talent, you know, and he's got to develop that. If he comes back next year, he's got to be able to look more comfortable putting the ball on the floor because whether it was breaking the press or trying to – how many times has he almost fallen over when he drives? It's really weird. I don't get it. It was just frustrating. It was not good enough from him. Um, he only played 16 minutes, and you have to give credit to um, – there were three different guys who played uh, four – uh, who played power forward. So Jalen started, Chris Moore comes in. They played Johan as the third power forward to try to buy time. Nine, when Chris Moore Nine minutes on. from Johan. That's pretty high for Johan. And it was not good. Um, but he got, he got out of there kind of unscathed. Um, Jalen ended up with four fouls. You know, I will give him credit for this. So he had a bad second one near the end of the first half, they put him back out there and he played some solid defense without fouling. Yep. Guy was really trying to back him down, trying to get that third on him and he didn't bite on it, which was great. And it's just, you wish he had done that earlier. So we could have seen him right. more in the first half, but he comes out in the second half, buries a three to start, you know, and, and he looked fine. Um, he does what he does really well. And here, well, how about this for Jalen? This is a good talking point. Iowa really threw us a, we did not handle their zone well at all in the first half when they went to it. And a big reason why was because Johan was on the floor and we've talked Jalen burns that zone so well in that mid range, just finding the gap. He can drive, he can pass, he can shoot, man. We looked lost for three or four possessions when he wasn't out there, but, but you have to be careful as a coach because if he picks up that third foul in the first half, you're in trouble. So it was a really good move by Iowa, honestly. It was really like, I keep going back to explaining some of this stuff to people at the bar and I did not explain it. Like I was talking to people's ears off basically, but there was a time where Johan and Cardwell were in the game together and our guards come up the court and they start passing it around the edge and, and sure, yes. Johan's pretty open and Cardwell's pretty open and they're not going to pass it down to them, which is just dead offense. The offense is dead at that point. And all they did was go around the, the, you know, three point line. And then they shot a bad three and that was it. And that's all you could really expect them to do. Cause they weren't going to pass it to those guys. And half of me wanted to just be like, I don't know if that's going to be your offense. Yeah, sure. Just throw it down in there and maybe something happens. But I guess in their head, they're like, I don't know. I'll take a contested three. And maybe that goes in more than Johan making a move here or Cardwell doing something. Yeah, so it's, just, it's just an impossibility. It's like it's a yeah. dead offense when you have to play both those guys at the same time. For sure. And uh, we so and I, you have to give a shout out to Alan Flanagan. Alan Flanagan had to play three and four tonight. He played power forward for a big chunk of this game. But when, because Chris Moore, I assume, is not going to play. Um, he hurt? Yeah, I, I thought I saw him get hurt again. So. He was out. His shoulder, it looked like, was hanging. I don't know, you know. Uh, so uh, he's probably out. So anyway. Here's, was, a, here's a shout out to Leor. I was goofing on him for hitting that really bad brick. But there's been so many times. You would think at this point, the way they watch film, they would know this. For some reason, they keep picking on Leor. I've seen it so many times this year where they try to toss a ball down to somebody that's guarded by Leor. And Leor just stiffens up and that guy passes the ball back out almost every time sure he's not stealing it or blocking it or going down there dunking it like he did that one time against Tennessee but constantly the offense of the other team is getting rattled or at least slowing down because Leor just doesn't stop Leor does not give up that easy play and they just automatically pass it back and it's just been really cool to watch it every time he does it I cheer a little bit I put my a little fist bump there you go Leor you made him pass it back out and maybe that's low expectations for him or something but I still think every single time they do that, it's a 10 seconds off the clock. Usually it's a, it's a pat, a, a work in like they, they work the play so that they can get him on Leor. Then they pass it in the guy. He does not give what he thinks Leor is going to give them, And they pass it back out. And that's 10 seconds off the clock at that point. 
Yeah. Um, he's, he's fine. He's, he's doing his job. Well, you know, he's over four from three tonight, but you're right. He, he defends well. He, uh, he can get you some key rebounds. He, he battles down there and, uh, it was cool for him. I'm sure to play in Birmingham and play in the tournament and be able to, you know, contribute. Um, I know this is going to be funny in, in the future, but there's a white boy on, on Northern Kentucky that looks exactly like the, a white boy you would expect on Northern Kentucky. He's wearing these like high white socks with black shoes and he's really lanky and pale. It's just, it's funny to watch the 16 seeds play the one seed. So very, I mean, the sport can vary highly and they are playing on the same playing field right now. Yeah, that's what makes it great, right? Well, how about, um, let's let's talk about Flanagan because Tough twos, man. The return of the tough That's twos. That's what we need. That's what we need from just super solid, consistent, got us good drives. We needed this penetration, hard through contact, got us some and ones. I don't know if he finished the free throws, but nope. at least got the foul call. And that, that's what you want to have playing this entire time. It's not the star player stuff that we kind of hoped. And when you see that, you're like, this guy's got star potential. And honestly, he hits one of two of those threes and he gets real MVP discussion. He didn't hit either three he shot. I mean, they're getting kind of aggressive on these like he's been hitting some of these uh, fadeaway threes and step back threes, which good for him. It's not the best shot, but hey, went on for a while, but they're getting a little aggressive. They're starting to get really fading back and really stepping back. Yeah, the tough twos were big, but 10 rebounds was bigger. Um, and, and his experience and his versatility to be able to in game go down and play power forward some. He had to guard Murray a lot uh, at both positions, honestly. And I thought he did a really good job with that. Four assists, one turnover, totally in control. You remember two months ago, Flanagan was just still like, it just didn't, that he didn't look like he was a quality part of the game sometimes. Just the speed was weird. It just, anyway, but it, it's been a while. He's been playing really well. And he's one of the guys that's kind of elevated us offensively because even tonight, like you said, four of 11, missed his threes, missed a couple free throws, but he's doing so many things well. And when Chris Moore got injured and has been really nothing, you know, offensively since then, um, Flanagan has more than picked up the pace. And he's really been a big part of this, um, what we have been able to accomplish this year. I don't know why this play is just now coming to me. I guess maybe Alan Flanagan's athleticism. There was a play, I think, where there was a fast break that the other team, Iowa, did. And Trey Donaldson tracked the guy down. Didn't necessarily make a play on the ball, but he missn't it on the fast break. I just yeah. want to give a shout out to that. I yeah. just thought that was a great hustle from Trey Donaldson on top of his nine points from three pointers and just playing good solid point guard minutes. I mean, how many 13 minutes this game? That's got to be a lot higher than his average. So like I said, McCormick style stuff, and I know that's so random to throw out right now, but it just came to my head and oh. I wanted to give it a shout out. It, it's a great point because the reason I'm frustrated tonight is because I feel like we gave away so many possessions like that. like we, we, we would have a great stop and we would fumble it out of bounds or, you know, it, we would, uh, there were just so many, it, I felt like all of the whole game, it was like, oh man, that, if we had just grabbed the ball or if we had just gotten that deflection and gotten out and actually finished the fast break instead of taking a transition three window, or if we could have, you know, it just felt like we were always on that edge of not bust kicking the door down. You know, we could have really kicked the door down in this game and we just weren't quite able to do it. Um, but you're right. Trey steals a possession there just out of sheer effort. And um, you're right. And we need to make plays like that. KD made some plays like that. Um, and honestly, I thought our guys played really hard. I thought we I, didn't you feel like we were just Iowa has a reputation for being a little soft. And I think we were the aggressor. I think we were more physical. And I think it kind of wore on them, especially early in the game. Yeah, quickly about the Iowa team. I feel like we don't 
you know, we're a very Auburn centric podcast. If you know, if you're an Iowa person, listen to this. Like you're like, did we even play here. you? But anyways, Get out of here, Iowa fans. <laughs> both both McCaffrey's that were interesting. The coach's sons played, and you had McCaffrey, the starter McCaffrey with nine points, and the other McCaffrey with four. I just thought that's it's it's like uh, I mean they lose and they didn't play that well. So you're like, ah, oh, coach's sons. I think it's kind of charming in college that you see this so often that you got, I think the boat, the Boheims or who is it? Jim, Bayheim. Jim Boheim, Bayheim at Syracuse and his kids playing buddy Bayheim. Now you see the McCaffrey's here. It's just, it's like only in March. Bruce and Steven things. Pearl at Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of fun, honestly. And they had a guy named Sandford that went off for 21 points, hit three. They went three of 10 from three. So he was really shooting it up, but that's, yeah. I don't know if you want to say anything about the Iowa guys or not. Um, well, we did a really good job on Murray. He missed some open looks, you know, he, uh, he's their best player, but I thought we made everything difficult for him. He got hot a little bit in the second half and it scared you. Um, you know, Janai won his matchup at center against Rebraca. Uh, the guy that I had listened to a podcast earlier this week from an Iowa beat writer, and it was talking about Perkins. I think Tony Perkins, maybe number 11, um he's the guy from heavyweights anybody anybody the guy from heavyweights tony perkins played by uh anyways sorry (laughs) maybe that's not his first name i don't know um but they said he was kind of the key to the team like when he plays well they play well maybe like wendell is for us a little bit um so i was watching him he got he got two fouls in the first half not as early as Jalen, and then he never really had a huge impact on the game so tony perkis guys tony perkis from heavyweights uncle tony so I I think we need to take did did you see the half court defense like that that's who we are we had a conversation about that a few I feel like this game really encapsulates like that's who we need to be that's who we are at our core and other than a stretch where maybe we got a little loose and Iowa started making some shots and we fell into a trap a little bit we really didn't it feel like we were so well scouted and knew how to guard their stuff and we just we were always – you heard the announcer. I don't know if you could hear the announcers at the bar you were at, yeah. but they were gushing about, man, this Auburn defense. Like, they just – they're everywhere. Everything's difficult. And the depth – I think I think we've just gotten so locked in, and I expect it so much that honestly yeah. – like, and I know this is a good offense too. Like, every time we give up any little thing, an open three or anything, I'm very upset. Yep. I think that's just my extremely high expectations for them. But, I mean, yeah, let's – they're the third best team in America out of 360-something teams in offensive efficiency – and they're, you know, they average 80s plus a game and they got to 75. But let's be honest, a lot of that was kind of, you know, the weird like we were we, we did a really good job on them. So, again, another really good job by the players to to kind of follow the way we were wanting to guard them. And uh, I just thought we I, we did a good job of focusing on their key players. I think we did a really good job of that. You want to talk about more March Madness stuff, maybe the SEC teams in March Madness or how, how you want to go to the next thing? Can I? uh did we did we give kd enough credit i know we (laughs) we talked about him Uh, the give it the take it the wild man the tasmanian devil our little psycho i'd explain this man to strangers at a bar and it was very difficult and hey yeah just shout out what he's been doing the last couple of of games and just it makes a huge difference and honestly it's the whole i i almost hate to like give him too much credit because he played so well last year. I just, that was what we were missing this entire time. I felt it was a missing thing. And he's just now showing up less than like, hey, look how this, this scrappy young fella's doing. I expected this. This is like what I expected as like a normal game for him. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. Like, I guess you want to talk about narrative. Like, 
he got in some weird issues and like the at a conference, I believe. Like there was rumors of a fight in practice or something. And then for a couple of games after that, he just looked down. Like energy was down. He just was not playing the way he used to. Maybe he got got on to. I think he sat out a game, I believe, maybe. And uh, so the fact that he's finally turned that corner now and really kind of like gone Tasmanian Devil again, it can it's still frustrating. But like I think overall, we'll take the net. I think it's been a net positive when me and Ben so much this year have been talking about him being a net negative. Yeah, yeah, he's been a net positive the last month or so. Um, and and the thing is, we need people to put the ball in the basket, and he is showing himself to be a threat to get to the rim make shots, get to the free throw line, make threes, and we need guys who who can make stuff happen. So I just wanted to, you know, it's hard it's hard to watch him sometimes, but man, I don't know. I you you just respect that he the audacity he has to think he is that as good in his head as he thinks he is. And it shows up at really key times. There there are moments where He's not, a, he's just never afraid. And I know that gets him in trouble, but I do think that's a really valuable thing. And before we leave this, you know, Broom is kind of a veteran at this point, right? He, he plays like a veteran. He seems like a veteran on this team. Uh, you, you mentioned that you thought our veterans did not play, you know, or we, we did not look like a veteran team. There were stretches. We were falling apart down that, like we had a 70 point lead and we couldn't quite but, inbound but, and we were going to was fast, on the floor. You know? Who was yeah, on that's, I did. I mean, I, I'm always a proponent of the timeouts. You know, Matt was calling me out before the Zoom that like, oh, well, then you'd be out of timeouts at this point. But, but, but man, when you start losing that 17-point lead, I'm like, there can't be a better time to take these timeouts, especially when your backup point guard's in and your backup guys are just screwing up. Let's just take time out, get the starters back in, re-engage. Yeah, well, I agree with that. But I just think most of the guys you're talking about as the veteran leaders of this team weren't on the floor during that run. That's what I'm saying. Take a timeout. Put but, them back out there and say, hey, you guys, you know. I just wanted to point out our veterans played pretty well. Um, you know, when you looked up and down the, the the older guys who have been in the tournament before, and then you throw in Trey, right? Trey was the exception here, not the the rule. We kind of went with our, our our main guys, carried us home. And, and a good example is Jalen. Jalen, that's for me and my expectations of him on both ends of the floor. That, that was really disappointing. Um, it just wasn't good enough. But then you look up and he's – you know, 11 points on nine shots. And he did some, he had a few really nice passes and he was solid defensively at some key moments, like you said. So even on a day where you don't play very well, I just think it helps to have guys who aren't scared of those moments and have been there. And you just have to hope that, you know, helps them. It helped them tonight, I think. And maybe it'll help them on Saturday. Well, let's look at some brackets here and see who's busted up. I'm looking at my, you busted well, I have my final four. Let's let's see who our final fours are here, real okay. quick. If anybody cares, I know everyone's talking about it. You probably talked 20 times today with your coworkers about it, but you're going to hear from us too. Mine's Baylor, Duke, Houston, and Kansas. I got Duke being Kansas National Championship. I didn't want that final four. I, I wanted somebody I could cheer for in that final four, and there's nobody I want to win. I don't want Baylor, Duke, Houston, or Kansas to win. But when I started going through my bracket, I couldn't help myself. Like there was no other ways I was going to put it where that wasn't going to happen. Hey, it might happen. Duke looked pretty good today. I know they're playing Oral Roberts, but played pretty good overall. Who's your final four? Uh, Arizona. Oh, bust. Busted. I had a great bracket day, except for that one game. When I left, I had to go somewhere. They were up 10, and I was like, oh, awesome. Arizona's doing well. They're going to be fine. Then they lost. So uh, Arizona, Texas, Gonzaga, Marquette. Who were they? Gonzaga, Marquette. Who was the other one? Uh, Texas. 
Texas. Oh, well, Texas was struggling a little bit earlier too. They, I guess they pulled it off. Yep. 81, 61. Never mind. That wasn't even struggling. Gonzaga is a hot one. Marquette. That was a hard one for me too to figure out. Like it just doesn't seem right. They're two seed. But maybe Marquette, just like since D Wade was supposed to, I don't think it shock a smart, but just the felt thing, weird. Putting the them. thing that scares me for Duke and Purdue and Tennessee, to be fair, is just that path. I mean, I just think all those teams are pretty good. I think Duke, Tennessee, if Tennessee, I hope they lose tonight, but if they win, that Tennessee Duke game is going to be awesome on Saturday. Yeah, I'm seeing the scores right now. It's still live. Duke won against Oral Roberts. Uh, Arizona was the big upset today against Princeton. They lost and 59, our favorite 55. People, Virginia. Virginia, Virginia goes down to Furman by one point. Somebody hit a shot there, right? There was a there was a big moment. Did you watch did you, it? Did you see what happened? No, I had to work the oh. whole afternoon. Bro, so Furman was down 12 in the second half. They fought all the way back. It was just a class. You've watched these games, right? It had a classic. It felt like an upset, like minutes before the end. It was like, oh, this, it feels like. But then they missed a couple shots. Virginia's up. Um, let's see. They were up two possessions, okay? And Furman scores and cuts it to two with like 10 seconds left. Yeah, they cut it to two. I think that's right. And um, fifth-year senior point guard for Virginia gets the ball, gets trapped in the corner, anticipating the foul. They have a timeout. Virginia has a timeout. He literally grenades the ball to half court and gets picked off in real time, kicked ahead to a three-point shooter, and they hit the three with two seconds to go. So it was like (laughs) they were down, what, uh, they were down – Four, and they ended up up one or two in like a quick- pressure pressure yeah. that breaks the brain march madness pressure does that i feel like you see that more in march madness than you see it even there in the regular season there's something about the pressure that makes people lose their minds well and and brutal for him he played in our final four game that's how old this guy is like he, wow. he was on the floor for our game and uh virginia has now Three of the last four tournaments they've been in, they've lost in the first round. The exception being the national title that they stole from us. <laughs> they, uh, I see also here, San Diego State beat Charleston. That's big for me. Charleston was like a hip pick to win right there, and like going. I was stupid as all get out and had Charleston go all the way to the lead eight. Just what? looking at their path. I just had them going down the path, <laughs> and I was picking who I just tried to pick. You just upset. didn't want Alabama to be there. Well, I have Alabama losing to Maryland in the second round because I just can't stand to pick that. But I couldn't I couldn't be dumb enough to pick them to lose to a six-team seed, so I didn't do it, you know. I got us losing to Houston in the second round. I hope I'm wrong. Every other year that we've been in it, I pick us to go all the way just because I don't want to be the time that Auburn finally makes a run is the year that the Auburn fan everybody knows doesn't even have them going that far. And in our final four, four run, it worked out great. I won the brackets that year. It was awesome. But this year... Just can't see that in any way possible. So I didn't do it this year. Yeah, I have them out in the second round too. Um, Missouri had a nice win. That, that Utah State game was going to like considered to be a tough one. And, uh, oh, man, I need to not watch this game. Um, <laughs> so the Missouri won, uh, Alabama won, Auburn won, Arkansas, Arkansas won. beat Illinois. They're playing Kansas next. That's a huge one, guys. We have to have Kansas win that one. If Musselman beats Kansas and goes to the Sweet 16, his legend of March Madness Musselman is going to be unbearable. They're already recruiting so well, and they're already getting a ton of hype. And the whole thing is that they, they won't play that well in the early SEC, and they turn it on here. They've done it two years in a row. Two years in a row is a coincidence. 
three years in a row is a trend and is a, a real thing we got to talk about. And at that point, even I will have to say Musselman has figured something out. And a part of that is he's got Nick Smith Jr. come back, and that's why they weren't playing as well or whatever. But there's something he's done last two. And if he does it a third year, I'm going to be freaking upset. <laughs> well, the storyline I think for everybody to look ahead to is the second round games, because last year the SEC bowed out a lot in the second round with some really disappointing, ours included, you know, bad upsets. Uh, think about this. I mean, you're going to have um, Arkansas against Kansas, which I think is a very dangerous game for Kansas. I don't I don't have Kansas going a lot, a lot like our SEC kind of tournament run where it was like, crap, how did we end up with 10 seed Arkansas? Kansas has got to be saying the same thing. Right. Man, we played so well. How did we end up with eight seed Arkansas right now? You're, you're going to have Auburn, Houston, most likely. Hopefully not. But Auburn, Houston would be a, you know, a tough one for us. But like that's a storyline. Tennessee, Duke, potentially. Um, and then, you know, even Kentucky going against Kansas State as a 6-3 potentially, depending on how that goes. So I think the SEC's like as a as a conference, this this second round is really gonna tell a lot about the narratives. Auburn, you know, nobody expects Auburn to go beat Houston. Um, but this is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping every SEC team loses and then we win. That'd yeah. be super fun. Let's all cheer for that. Somebody posted that on a message board, like, which SEC teams will you be cheering for? I'm like, none. Like, I don't understand. We're done with this. I, I heard, like, vaguely heard somebody at the bar next to me, and luckily they moved because, like, this guy's going to be so annoying. He's like, we got we got to cheer for the Big Ten guys. We got Big Ten supremacy. We got to like, no, we, we left the cheering for your own conference people, like, 10 years ago. That's done. We're done caring about other yeah. people in your conference. We don't need it anymore. No. Right? We don't need it. Um, So, it, and and Texas A and M Texas that if A and M wins tomorrow like or tonight I guess uh, or it's yeah Penn State that's going to be a huge uh, battle if that happens so just glad we won man you mentioned first round I guess we lost in Charles's uh, 1984 tournament in the first round but I think it was before it went to 64 maybe or there's something yeah, maybe is it 11 in a row then I it's swear 11 I saw row. 11 okay in a row. all right which is amazing I mean I mean all you got to do is look around the carnage right like. Every year Some, in this first round. Someone's yelling in the pod. They they listened for an entire hour before you finally corrected me on this. Someone was yeah, Sorry. we lost on that. I remember in the 80s. 84 with Charles. That they were joking on him uh, on the broadcast. Is, uh, is Charles looking at Charles looking a little skinnier than usual? He's looking slim. He's looking slim. He think he's on uh I mean, good for him. And I hope he's 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 eating right and he's exercising right. Uh you think he might be on that little the the Hollywood medicine thing everybody's taking that makes everybody real skinny i gotta be honest i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> i'll send you some links all the hollywood people are taking pills and injections to make themselves skinny look it up guys it's called like wacovian or something like that you're gonna hear about it it's a big freaking deal um <laughs> that's fine. well it's great to see charles like i i, I just think it's so great uh, that it's great get... to see charles and i love it and it's great representatives for us he picked alabama to win the whole thing in his bracket and then yelled the rt word that we don't know i'm like Chuck, I get that you're trying to like be kind of neutral and stuff, and you pick them. All you have to say is, "Man, I pick them." That it's just how it is. I didn't want to pick them. They're just playing really well, and that's just how I think it's going to turn out. He doesn't have to yell those word, those evil words. And he said, like afterwards, like, "Oh, that hurt to say." And I was like, "You didn't have to say it. No one asked you to say it." You can't rein Charles in, man. He's gonna he's gonna he, do what he wants to do. We we were talking about the text messages, man. Chuck's amazing. He is right and on point and sniper level on his comments and, and takes like 90% of the time. And he's wrong 10% of the time. And that's human. And he's wrong for yelling the RT words. He could have just been chilled out and said they're playing really well. 
Um, do you think that um, – so I think Chris Moore isn't going to play on Saturday, if I had to guess as we sit here right now. Are you prepared for Johan Traor minutes against a potential number one seed? If And, if, and can you imagine – Are you, are you saying am I, am I ready for the Johan Traor come-out party – for his big moment where he drops a 50 burger on Houston and we go to the sweet 16, then yes, that is not going to happen. Cause he, <laughs> uh, man, it might be, it might be the, the red mop vodka, uh, talking, you know, I'm it, being a little facetious, but no, I'm not ready. Honestly. I'm very concerned. Uh, say what you want about Chris Moore, but at least he's a veteran who knows where to go and what to do. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about that. Jalen just, Jalen cannot get in foul trouble. Houston's up three at halftime. I'm assuming they're going to stretch that out and run away. Um, but you never know. Maybe we'll – dude, let's go Northern Kentucky. Let's just uh, – Alabama. I, I, had to look up, I had to look up their Wikipedia to see – because I keep hearing their name. So they have made the tournament three times in the last, like, four or five years. And I thought, did they pull something off as a 15 seed or something? They have it. They've done really well in D2, but they've never pulled off a win. In I think they've been 16 every time. But here's a fun thing we can talk about to end the podcast. Uh, shout out guys that did the Redmont Vodka, Charles Barkley, Final Four Brackets. And we are going to keep up with it each pod that we get a chance. And hopefully we have several pods because we're winning. Otherwise, this will be the only time you get an update. I am sitting at 274th, but I'm in good company. Charles Barkley is at 202. So that's not so crazy, but there are some people in here higher up. Let's see what we got here. Well, maybe not higher up. Actually, I might be higher than some. Oh, we have here we go. Big shout out at number 37. Out of a lot of people, there's hundreds of people in here. Shout out the jungle, Eric. I don't know what your Eric, what your last name is, but you're number 37 right now. And hey, I look forward to having you on the pod when you're the first one in here. I think some other people on here that are higher up. Uh, somebody named Chelsea at 276. Let's see. Somebody named Steven at 324. Matt at 365. Mary Wright, 514. Not doing so great, Mary, but hey, you keep going, you might do something. Let's see who else we got. I don't know if it lists everybody in here. Oh, Ben's at 994. I don't know if this gives the whole list here, but hey, shout out to anyone that did the bracket. Looking forward to having you guys on the pod if you win. Yeah. Um, uh, I I guess my last thought would be, let's assume we get Houston. Um, Houston. Houston will be the biggest test of our manhood this year. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it um they are uh scott van pelt would call them grown men they are grown men we're going to be playing against they play really hard they play really well together they have a cohesion they they play defense just they're no fun to play and uh, we're no fun to play you know for iowa today they they did not have fun playing against us but really going to be tough the rebounding would be essential in that matchup and then taking care of the ball limiting turnovers and then we just got to hit shots. And again, we have been shooting better. It hasn't felt like it because we've been losing close games, but uh, we have been shooting better. And But the cool thing about winning this game is now you're playing with house money and you're playing in Birmingham against a one seed. in the And it's going to be the Auburn-Alabama doubleheader of cultural experience in Alabama, which I think is going to be – I fear that it's going to go badly for us and, and good for the other team, but – um, if it didn't though, Jackson, like what if Maryland beat Alabama with tons of Auburn people in attendance or what if Alabama won, but then we beat a one seed and like, I just think it's going to be a fun day of basketball. And I think it's, uh, 
you know, hopefully we can at least account for ourselves well in that game. Yeah, I think hopefully it'll be like a Super Bowl level thing in the packed out stadium. I hope at least this it was a little emptier than I thought it was going to be in these Auburn Alabama games. I know part of that's because you're selling to like four different fan bases or six or seven or eight or whatever. So it really gets really sparse. And I know I heard lots of Auburn fans in there and Ryan, shout out Ryan, our co-host. He was there and said it was a good environment. Uh, Hopefully for that Saturday one with the shrinking of the teams playing, we see a little more packed out, a little more uh, crimson and orange and blue in there, maybe less crimson and a lot more orange and blue, but I'm looking forward to seeing the environment. Yeah, no doubt. They haven't, they haven't said when we're playing. I don't believe yet. I'm curious for my own scheduling purposes what time we will play on Saturday. But but Jackson, we won. We're we're the one of the last 32 teams standing in the country, and we have a we have an. That's you know, all I want. Just give me one thing to celebrate this year. We won a game in March Madness, which is huge in our history. Back to back years, you know. I know last year was super disappointing how how it went, but uh, we've talked on this pod about second weekends, right? Like that. You talked about Arkansas, like if Arkansas could make a third, second weekend in a row, making it to the Elite Eight the last uh, two years, like that does elevate your program. And I think for Auburn, they've only done that uh, the one time they went to the Final Four. And it would be, obviously, I'm, I'm trying to think, have we beaten a one seed? I'm sure we have at some point. But I nothing comes to mind. No. Oh, we beat uh, um, um, Kansas or North Carolina. North Carolina. So anyway, big opportunity. We have a huge opportunity now, nothing to lose. Let's cut it loose. And, um, you know, hopefully Jalen can stay on the floor and broom. um, It's all, it's all underdog from here. The pressure's off, honestly, no one expects us to beat Houston. So now you can just have fun with any, anything in this game, just give them your best shot, come out hard and fast and and as the underdog, the rebel, whatever you want to call it. Like there is the pressures on them. Survive in advance. We get, we get to pod again, Jackson. We get to pod again. Hopefully at least two more times. We're going to pod after the Houston game, no matter what. And then we'll wait till the end of March madness to do a big season review. And then uh, we'll see where the pod goes after that. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Leave a review. Uh, this is a big time of year for us. We don't really care that much, honestly. We just have fun doing this thing. We're glad anyone listens. But leave a review. That's helpful for us. I think, you know, I like to share this with people. I think we're having fun. I hope you guys have fun. So share with your friends. Give us a review. We haven't had one in a while. Um, I'm I'm all out of words, Jackson. I'm glad we won. And uh, again- I, I have some words for you, Matt. I have some words for you. War Eagle. War Eagle. Shout out to the Auburn Tigers. Let's get another one.